What's new? What's new? Welcome back to another music interview. I'm Justin the Floor God. This is the So Who's Up Next podcast, the show of curious conversations, talking with artists and people in the music space about ideas that inspire. Rachel Hanza is up next, following a similar pattern of metamorphosis as Taylor Swift, starting with her roots in country and then eventually moving into a more mature sound. Where Rachel differs from most others I've had on the show is in her somewhat of a Benjamin buttoning of her recording process. She actually started in like a grandiose or a more grandiose studio setting before working with bedroom producers. That was really cool to listen to. Solid character arc. I'm all here for it. What was even more interesting to me was to hear Rachel's take on the effects of perceived stardom this new TikTok generation is exposed to. Everyone is a performer. What does that mean? Keep listening to find out. Let's get into it. Rachel Hansa, nice to have you on the show. So nice to be here. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? I am originally from Texas. That is where I grew up. And it is only within the past few years that I've ever lived anywhere other than where I lived growing up. I'm actually at my like childhood home right now. What was the music culture like growing up in Texas? I got into music pretty young and it was very strange and all the love in the world to my hometown. But the music scene around here is primarily like vintage classic rock and southern rock and country music. Mm-hmm. There's really not a whole lot of room for much else. For the most part, that's the demographic is like Southern rock. (laughs) Yeah. So lots of like just bar music, I guess. I like it. I like it. But I mean, I can see some of that influence in maybe your work now, although I think it's a little bit more of a stretch. But talk to me a little bit about how you got into music, because I know from what you got on Spotify, this is only the tip of the iceberg. So (laughs) Um, How'd you get into music in the first place? Like a lot of kids around the 2000s, you had the like Hannah Montana and the High School Musical and all of that. That was like suddenly influencing us to be like, hey, you can be us. You can be a star. You can Mm. be awesome. And for some reason, I also like I didn't listen to JoJo's music growing up, but I knew that she was a musician who was very successful at a young age. So that was also someone who like influenced me. I think like Hilary Duff and Ali and AJ was big. I think I definitely underestimate their influence on me. Mm. All of those people. And then OG Taylor Swift, like yeah. on my iPod shuffle, all of those were like the pop and country. I mean, Taylor Swift country, like influences that in- inspired me to kind of write. My older brother, though, was in a band and he was with his two buddies. I thought it was amazing. I thought it looked so fun. So I would beg my older brother to teach me guitar. And one day he finally taught me a few chords. And I think I went home and searched like um, ultimate guitar to look for the chords to like a Taylor Swift song. That's kind of the abridged version of how I got into music. A lot of people are influenced by like, oh, my parents always listen to like, eagles or um like my parents did that it just didn't that wasn't the the kicker for me it was definitely like the pop and more like singer songwriter stuff that drew me in my parents were the most supportive parents i would always go into the living room with my guitar and my like songwriting journal and they would like turn off the tv and i would play them covers and originals and my parents would do this like 
cute thing where I would sing an original song and every time they'd be like, who wrote that? You didn't really write that. And it was just like a huge confidence boost. Mm -hmm. But eventually that turned into me and my teenage years being like, hey, mom and dad, I found this like studio and this producer and like this stuff that they make sounds like incredible. Can we check this out? And we all had no idea what we were doing, but they were just kind enough to let me check it out. And so I went and played some original songs for this like producer in the middle of Texas. And they were like, this is awesome. Let's do this. And then I made a country. I made a country EP. And I don't talk about that a whole lot, but that's the beginnings. I mean, my life wouldn't have been the same without that part of my life. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that, because it definitely has more of that early Taylor Swift country singer songwriter vibes compared to where you're at now, which I think is a bit more like indie like definitely way more indie uh, i hear a lot of maybe the 1975 japanese breakfast comes to mind as well uh, phoebe bridgers for sure i think is one that you definitely remind me of a wow. bit but yeah tell me first though about that early country ep like what was that process like like what was a big takeaway from making your first project like that and working in a studio it feels like production wise i started at the top i mm. started with <laughs> huge i mean not huge studio but like decked out studio studio musicians and like yeah and like huge room with a vocal booth and all of that that was my first recording experience i mean i think i wouldn't have done it any other way because it felt like i stepped into a dream Mm. when i was in there and i was like this i'm like literally living the life right now Mm. i'm I just played this song acoustically for these like studio musicians play it like once. And then they're like, yeah, we could. Yeah. Sounds good. Like we got it. And they just go in the studio and play like the best country pop song I've heard. Yeah. I mean, it was more country. It was Mm -hmm. definitely more like straight country, but I was amazed. I couldn't believe that that's like how it works. And um, it felt very surreal. So that was like my wide eyed introduction into country pop it was of course the stuff that i wrote was extremely derivative of taylor swift and i mean what can you say she just (laughs) opened the floodgates to a generation of girl musicians who like really latched onto her sound and her like vision for what a song looks and feels like i had the time in my life for a while and my parents were so kind we would take trips to nashville and like have meetings with various middle-aged white men (laughs) and (laughs) that was music for me for a while i felt yeah those were those are kind of all the pros i felt like after a while i think the burnout happened Mm. because i didn't have like a community of people who were inspiring to me i kind of had already pushed myself into the music business mode and um i had very little like inspiration coming in and a lot of pressure to like output Right. like good content and at the time there was hardly a way to connect with your listeners i mean you had youtube mm-hmm. but like it's nothing like the opportunities that exist today to literally play a song and have people hear it and connect with it yeah. if that makes sense yeah i think that's a really interesting vantage point that you've had because that just seems like completely backwards uh to almost everyone else i've talked to on the show like it's always i started in my bedroom like look at where i'm at now like my bed's right behind me you know what i mean like these super humble beginnings um and then it's like you build up to whatever you can build up and then you hop in the studio one day and it's like wow but to see you start there 
you know, I can only imagine what kind of pressure, like you were saying, that really puts on you even after a short time. Kind of curious about how you might have coped with that. Obviously, some time has passed since that initial project. Is there anything you've learned that's really helped you like lock in? Um, maybe the inspiration is not all there um, and you just do this one trick or maybe a few tricks to enter that headspace and get back to making some good songs. Well, I had put a lot of pressure on myself during that time, like I said, and I didn't know this to me seems like a relevant point of the whole story is like, I'm an introvert. Mm. I didn't know that. I was playing a bunch of cafe shows per year around 2013 and 2014. I was playing a ton of shows where I was like the only person my age, the only person playing music that I liked to listen to. And I don't say that to be mean. It's just that was the nature of it. I didn't really have any peers around me. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is a huge recipe for burnout. And something that I didn't realize was like, I guess I thought that's how everyone did it. Or that's how everyone pursuing music was kind of like in it on their own. I was just like, well, I guess I'm not cut out for it. This mm. is if this is what music is, then I I'm not supposed to be doing this right now. So I stepped away for a few years. And during that time, it was like a time where my own taste in music changed. Um, I got into like Boney Bear, Novo Amor, a lot of like the paper kites. Mm. And that was kind of my segue from like country music. It was kind of like, do you know the Civil Wars? I think I've heard of them. I don't remember what they sound like, though. Yeah, it's kind of like folk Americana sing singer songwriter. And then I got into more like acoustic, the paper kites. And then, you know, one day my friend Sam got me in her car and was like, you have to listen to this song called Chocolate. And I was like, oh, what's this? Yeah. <laughs> that one moment that we all go through with chocolate. <laughs> my taste changed. And then I was like, okay, well, do I keep writing music with this new style that like maybe songs that like, I don't know how to play on guitar because all growing up, I had written songs that I could just play acoustically. Mm. And it was kind of like, okay, I can always play this in any open mic night because I wrote it on an acoustic guitar. And then my taste changed into Boney Bear and I was like writing songs that I like couldn't play. And yeah. so that was kind of a stage that I entered into for a while of feeling kind of like, okay, well, I don't know anyone who can make this reality. So I guess it's just never going to happen again. And the whole concept of like a bedroom producer did not exist in my mind mm. um, at this time. And like, I'm not sure when that started becoming a thing or if I was just sheltered to it, if that makes sense. Mm. Because obviously you have people like Billie Eilish coming out of Phineas's bedroom producing originally and the Japanese house was originally bedroom produced and so i think i like heard more about these things and i was like well i'm not a producer so like i still can't do this mm -hmm. and then i moved and that was a huge new chapter in music and opened a whole new world of possibilities that's I'll, that's kind of like the catching up to the the latest era if, if that makes sense i like that i'm a little curious though because you said that earlier that you were an introvert but then before that you said that your initial downfall at least with the first project and maybe even leading up till now and maybe now as well is the lack of community that you felt back then what's it like trying to navigate that space being not antisocial, but maybe not as social as you might like in certain situations while also trying to build community what's that been like for you so I think that that is the thing that I try to like emphasize with people is introversion doesn't necessarily mean 
that you're not a people person. It just means like you have to be aware of your limits. Mm -hmm. And I just wasn't aware of mine. And also it had to do with this like uncomfortability with being in any kind of spotlight. Mm. And so that is more where it kind of like wore on me was running into people at the grocery store and their first question to me being like, oh, how's music going? And I just didn't feel I think I was just uncomfortable for a long time with this amount of artificial spotlight that felt very unnatural to me, even if it was a small spotlight of like music being the only thing that people that some people knew about me. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the part as an introvert that I like didn't know how to be that visible to people. So it was less about like being antisocial and more about understanding myself and understanding the type of like inspiration and I guess recharging that I needed as a person to feel like I could want to do music like it was something. So as far as your question, the next part was moving to where I live now in like central Virginia and moving to a college town where there was a ton of like indie bands around my style. And I try not to let age be a factor like in music for me, but having grown up in a world where all of the musicians were like 20 years older than me that I feel like I knew, it was just really nice to have people around me who are closer to my age and like making music and making music that they liked and that I liked and they were doing it in their bedrooms. And I was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that this world existed. And so balancing that community for me has meant I had to learn how to put myself out there moving to a new city. Even though I'm an introvert, I really like to face my fears as a person. It's just kind of like a principle of mine. And so I would go to every show that was happening with a local band and like be there and try to Network is the wrong word. Just like make friends. Yeah. So it's kind of like equal parts of me putting myself out there and then equal parts, those people being really kind. And um, when I mentioned that I like had an interest in putting out music, I was able to get connected with people who were like, yeah, let's make a song. Here's my rates. And I was like, oh, sick. I didn't know that you could like make a song for this amount of money. I thought it had to be like lots more Mm. and (laughs) like I didn't know that I didn't have to play the instruments um because I think I just thought like oh to be a talented musician you have to play like everything Mm. and um I've kind of tried to let myself off that hook (laughs) of, of thinking you have to do it all so long story short that's kind of the balance between that introverted nature and like the community aspect and being around people who you just get and you vibe with and they make stuff that like influences you Mm -hmm. i can see where you're coming from and earlier you mentioned you know growing up with influences like taylor swift Uh, you mentioned ali and aj as well hannah montana all these people from a younger age um, it seemed like you had this idea of what a star or an artist was like what what you just explained to me there was kind of uh you facing you know and reconfiguring what you think of a star like you said you don't have to do it all um you're just i don't want to say cog in the machine that's the wrong phrase but you know you're just a part of a bunch of moving parts you know and so wherever you fit in with who you can fit in with that aspect of community building definitely super important um got to keep a like-minded team with individuals who share a similar vision um, and are definitely heading in the right direction. Uh, you've probably experienced this a bit more than I have, but it's like, I've definitely had those conversations with people who are like, yeah, I'm a musician, 
but then they don't back it up. It's like, okay, what are you doing? You know, with, with you know, where are you going with this? Like the whole platform here is literally like, are we going in the right direction? You know, I told you before this, I'm also an artist, you know, I want to make it on that stage. I want to have the spotlight just like, you know, most of the other people I have on here. So also one thing that I like should have added was music became collaborative mm -hmm. for me. And that was a huge burden off my shoulders of thinking like that I had to be the one receiving the attention. It was like a huge weight lifted off me to say like, no, this is my producer who did an awesome job. This is who played guitar. This is who mixed and mastered it. Like, let me push off the attention. Yeah. All these people or the recognition or something. And I've just found way more joy feeling like it was a collaborative process. I think it's perfectly relevant. And I feel like that's something I've realized as well as I'm moving forward in time with the music stuff. It's literally like, well, I remember hitting a point where I realized that a musician, while like an artist might, might be one person, the music behind it is the team. It's all the collaboration behind, behind the scenes that you don't really notice, right? So like when you think of Drake, sure, Drake's a person, but Drake is also his marketing team. You know, all his producers, the mix engineer, you know, the session musicians, are they Drake? Sure. To some extent, I would say yes, depending on, you know, how heavy a hand they have in his work or things like that, or their collective work. So collaboration, definitely something that everyone should be thinking about because it changes the game. Definitely takes the load off your back as well. I think it's time, you know, we've talked a lot about the past, uh, where you came from. I think it's time to talk about the present what you got going on now. So earlier you mentioned that when you moved to a new city, you got to experience new bands, new things like that. Your sound also changed. So talk to me about some of the differences that you noticed when making songs. I know one of them earlier you said was about the price. Um, that's kind of a minor detail, but as far as like making the actual songs with other people in a brand new place, brand new town, new environment, what was that like for you? For me, it was freeing. And that was for a lot of personal reasons because it's weird to try something again in your hometown when you're surrounded by people who like know you. It feels a little weird to announce that you're doing something new. Mm. And I think I let that hold me back. Although no one had said I wasn't allowed to do music. You know what I mean? It was totally anxiety just like <laughs> telling me that. And I think I think deep down I knew that I needed to go somewhere if I wanted to do music. And that totally wasn't the reason why I moved. Like I moved for completely personal reasons. Music was just a really happy like side effect of moving to a new place was like, oh my gosh, this freeing world where no one knows me. Like I can just be whatever I want. I can like play this. I don't know. Like I, the first weekend I got there, I played an open mic just for the hell of it because yeah. <laughs> I was like no one cares no one knows me and this is really fun to like kind of get to be yourself with no pressure mm -hmm. so that was kind of how i felt moving into that talk to me a little bit about how you market your music you've got seven songs up on your spotify right now all bangers definitely uh loving screen time and uh, future envy i think are probably my two favorites awesome Although I got definitely got to, you know, re-listen, but nearly 3000 monthly listeners on Spotify. How do you go about marketing your music? What's uh, what's your process there? TikTok has obviously been a big tool that like I think has changed the game for a lot of musicians. Cards on the table. I kind of forgot to segue this, but um, the producer that I work with kind of as a team now is named Benja Schick. And we have worked on like we put out a single before I put out an, an indie pop EP and then 
put out screen time and we've just really enjoyed like working with each other. So he's a big hand in marketing because he's very smart with, he's also my boyfriend. So that's another like, (laughs) we, we just, we like bonded over music and we're both really like interested in making it and like marketing it. And he's extremely talented on the side of administrative things and like, yeah, with marketing, TikTok was a big one. That I had to just be like, okay, this is a game. I'm going to play it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm kind of reimagining if I'm going to keep staying on TikTok just because it comes with its pros and its cons of just being online all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I cannot understate its impact on even just the small growth with my music so far. The other one is Instagram. Organically reaching out to playlists has been another big one. Every time before and after a song would drop, me and Benja would like sit down on both our computers and just like race with finding <laughs> playlists yeah. to to see if it would be a good fit. It's Instagram. It's weird to say that Instagram was like part of marketing, but people were really generous with my EP and I completely crowdfunded that. And so doing a fundraising campaign on Instagram was like a huge part of the marketing for that EP. Like I think that because people were so kind in like helping fund it, they were also invested in it. Mm. And I'm really appreciate like literally invested, but also yeah. <laughs> like invested in wanting to hear it and feeling like proud of it and they i think they felt like maybe they were a part of it mm-hmm. and they definitely were like couldn't have happened without that generosity um or, or it would have just taken much longer so i think that was a big new step for me definitely both tiktok and that instagram kind of campaign were both areas where i had to step outside my comfort zone and just be like hey this is what I'm doing and I would really appreciate your support. And the moral of the story, I think for me has been that people are so much more kind and supportive than I like could have imagined. Yeah. That's been really sweet to see. That's super cool. And another kind of leaning back on that aspect of community building as well. I'm thinking just from like a marketing perspective, I hope you got all their emails or contact information, (laughs) you know, so you can hit them back up for whenever the next project or projects come around, you know, Um, just to keep that support and have that tight knit community. I think just it's also a big deal to me to treat everyone like their people. Mm. And like you said, community is like how it feels. And so I hope that I come across to people as like not just that they are tools in my marketing plan, like that they're pawns in this game. Like that's not how I see it at all. Like I would much rather connect with people. And I think the byproduct of that is actual connections with like fans Mm -hmm. who like genuinely are bought into who you are. And like you have a genuine relation with relationship with them. That's kind of how I see it. Yeah, for sure. I think personality has to come first, especially in 2021 and moving forward given the you know environment of socials where it's like, all right, I got to hold up my phone, you know, take a selfie and like talk to people, you know, like face to face. Like the reason why I shifted to video and doing the thing right now is because it's way easier to have, or I think it's way easier to have a more personable conversation when I can see who's on the other end and vice versa. You know what I mean? Because before I was just chilling with the audio and that's great, but um, you can't connect nearly in the same way, you know? And then I can only imagine what it would be like if, you know, we were in person or if the whole show was in person, like that'd be crazy as well, but maybe somewhere, somewhere down the line. Hey, hey, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Just a little bit of a dreaming, I guess now, but you gotta exactly what else can you do until 
you make it happen. So throughout this whole talk, um, we've talked on and off about pressure and coping with that kind of stress. I know now the landscape is a little different than a decade, two decades ago, things like that. Unfortunately, we've only found ourselves in the current moment, so we have to deal with that as we can. At the very beginning of this talk, you mentioned you had an idea of how the artist spotlight looked like as you got older, that perspective kind of shifted, right? But given the fact that, you know, now we connect over screens more than anything else, probably, do you think that artists nowadays have the same pressure to fulfill that idea of a spotlight? Or do you think that's changed for people now? It's definitely unique because that spotlight feeling that I felt like years ago was more due to actually playing live shows and having very little community outside of that. And so it might have been a self-imposed spotlight. Had I had that community, maybe I wouldn't have felt like that. Mm. The interesting thing that you bring up with today is like you have that community now more than ever before. And you also have that performance sort of piece from the comfort of your home a lot of times. And that's a strange thing. You don't have to get like TV time anymore on some Mm. kind of program. You don't have to necessarily get like radio time. It's less going out and it's more like the world coming in. And there's definitely an invasive feeling to that (laughs) of like, at what point do you have boundaries? Obviously, if you've listened to screen time, you will know that I've had a hard time figuring that out Mm -hmm. (laughs) as far as like boundaries and um, the internet is such a useful, crazy good tool. And I think I'm getting to hear more good music than ever because of it. Yeah. I also wonder if it's like everyone's a performer. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you, you, did you watch like Inside with Bo Burnham? Uh, I have not yet. A few other people told me I should really watch it. You really should, um, but no pressure. But I saw an interview of his. I saw an interview of his that was from a few years ago where he was talking about social media and how strange it is. And he was like, everyone's a performer. Like, mm-hmm. we thought we had it bad growing... Like, I thought I had it bad growing up with, like, High School Musical, Hannah Montana, and, like, all these shows that were like, you can be a star, basically. Mm-hmm. But now... I can't imagine like what it would be like for 12 year old Rachel to like have to be in the TikTok world and see TikTok musicians and be like, okay, perform right now. Do it. (laughs) Um, It's a great tool. And I think it has a lot of its own cursed moments. (laughs) (laughs) It's very special in good and bad ways. Yeah, I completely agree. And at least on my end, I've found similar struggles with the idea of screen time, specifically with TikTok as well, just because there probably was a point in time in my past where I would have been like performance first. Um, but now I'm definitely more of like, a, I enjoy the thought provoking kind of content more, which is, I mean, hence why I have this show. Like that's the whole, literally the whole platform is just, can I get inside your head and to what degree, you know, like that's literally it. But so that. it's like, uh, like at least now my, I'm questioning, you know, what do I do on socials? You know, cause it's like, how do I have, meaningful you know conversation in the like most micro way possible yeah you're hitting the nail on the head with that that's like incredible that you said talking about how you're moving towards meaningful and like for yourself it's important that you are personable with things and dive more into the person-to-person content and i respect that so much i think lately i have been thinking about like 
possibly doing some more long form content. I don't know what that looks like, but I have felt a little bit disenchanted with the like 10 second TikTok world right now and the like selfie Instagram culture. And I've been like, you know what? It's fine to post pictures of myself, but like what is valuable for people? What is meaningful, valuable content at the end of the day? And so you saying that really struck a chord with me. Appreciate that. I appreciate your kind words. Before we get into Rachel Hans's advice for emerging artists, just wanted to let you know that if you wanted to listen to Rachel's music and or connect with her on socials, links are going to be in the description down below. Be sure to follow the show wherever you go to stay updated on all things music. If you want to follow me, I'll link my artist slash personal account in there as well. Always down for a chat, obviously. At the start of this, I asked what you thought I meant when I said everyone's a performer. Now that you have a bit more context, I would like you, if you're on YouTube, leave a comment letting me know what your take on that is. Do you think everyone's a performer? To what degree? And why? Short response, four to six sentences, proper grammar, Times New Roman, the whole deal. Anyway, here's some advice. What advice do you have for aspiring musicians wanting to take their sound to the next level? I think just to not put yourself in a like self-imagined box when it comes to the word musician because immediately when you said that I was thinking me several years ago would have been like okay well I'm not really a musician like I'm a songwriter and I enjoy like the musical parts of creating a song but like I'm not a talented keys player or like I can't freaking play a guitar riff (laughs) and so um I immediately disqualified myself in the past from being like a musician who could take their stuff to the next level. Mm -hmm. And I think like my advice is to not be afraid to not know the right questions to ask or the answers to those questions, like taking the first step and reaching out to someone who could just listen to a song and tell you if they think it's like worth pursuing or reaching out to someone who like could help you make your music better is like, all that you need to do less like self-imposed pressure on an end result and more like freedom and enjoyment that comes out of the collaborative process of just meeting people who believe in your sound and encourage you 